at the Jeep Memorial Day sales event. Start your next big adventure with great deals on a great selection of Jeep brand vehicles. Right now, get 0% APR financing plus $3,000 total bonus cash on 2022 Jeep Grand Cherokee WK Limited models. Don't miss this great offer. Hurry into the Jeep Memorial Day sales event today. Financing for well-qualified buyers through Chrysler Capital. Not all buyers will qualify. Residency restrictions apply. Offer ends 531-2022. Jeep is a registered trademark of FCA US LLC. like to welcome you back to the Sean Miller Show. I always say that when we come back from a break, I like to welcome you back. And we have been on a break. We've been on a 13-year break. Welcome back, <laughs> Sean Miller, yeah. to the show. Thank you, Joe. We're glad you're here. And I'm here also with Paul Fritzner, who was kind enough to step in for Byron Larkin, who was on vacation that he planned months ago. So, Paul, thanks for stepping in <laughs> for Byron tonight. We appreciate it. Of course. We're at Dilly Bistro in Marymount. We love this place. I rec- I'm going to rec- make a recommendation, the beer cheese, Sean. Okay. So when you go for it, go for that right away. And uh, we're proud to have the new head coach of the Xavier Musketeers, Sean Miller. Well, Joe, I'm glad to be here um, ten times over. And, uh, you know, some things never change. I, I see you have your manila folder uh, <laughs> layout. You had blue, black, and red when I left. You always uh, – yeah, you don't ever spell things correctly. You spell them how they're pronounced, right? Or, so yep. that it – yep, and – and you've not changed a single, a single, a single thing. So that's awesome. Yeah, I'm ready to go. Let's go. I'm, ready for the, I'm ready for the season to start. Yeah, I, you know, I'm not ready yet, but uh, we certainly will be. Um, you know, there's a number of different things in today's world of college basketball that that what didn't exist even a few years ago, let alone you know five, ten years ago, and that is we have more access to our players in the summer. There was a time, Joe, if you remember, a player could only work out the strength and conditioning coach in in the weight room and, and do things like that. Everything basketball-wise in the summer, they would play pickup and work out on their own. And, you know, where it stands today is, you know, you have uh, four hours a week for an eight-week period of time, and uh, that allows everybody on our team to be here. In addition to that, you know, you have extra time in, in the weight room. So between the strength and conditioning, and now really you can have a team practice. You can you can work in small groups. You can really map it out and do different things. You think about how valuable that is when you're a new staff or a new coach. It's a great way of learning your players. And equally, it's a great way for the players to get a good sense of maybe how you are, how your staff is. And sometimes it's just familiarity with terminology. And before, that would begin in October or in the fall. But the fact that it can begin here in June, we're really trying to take advantage of that. Coach, if I could just take you back, you know, 80 or 90 days or so forth. You sat out a year, no coaching, and then suddenly you're back in the market. You've had a lot of opportunities, I'm sure. Your phone was ringing and so forth. And I know you've talked about it before, but if you can just sort of go over again uh, your path to being the head coach of Xavier University again. Well, you know, Greg Christopher and, and Dr. Hanich deserve, um, you know, really the, the credit, um, and, uh, and I'm grateful to them. When, uh, when the opportunity presented itself, it presented itself uh, to me, you know, uh, around the same time everybody else would have known a change was coming. And uh, when that change came, uh, we had the opportunity simply to meet. 
and that's really that's all that I really wanted is an opportunity to uh, to talk with them, and we did. We had a, a great meeting, and uh, that meeting led uh, to me, you know, coming back here. It it really wasn't a decision for me. It was more of a decision for for Xavier because, uh, you know, having the opportunity to come back here to a place that I love, uh, that I was here for eight years, five years as the head coach, sometimes forgotten three additional years as the assistant. So an eight-year window, you know, my young family, three boys at the time, Joe, you know them. Uh, they grew up in Cincinnati. And uh, so to be able to come back here um, is really, in, in some ways, a dream a dream come true. Um, even during my time in Arizona, and I loved being in Arizona, it encompassed the 13-year window of my life, our lives, you know, 12 years coaching. Um, there were always times when I would uh, think about Xavier just randomly or, or think back to the great days. And I'm not sure what, what it was that drew me as much as uh, now that I'm back, just I, I think the purity of everything here, you know, the love of college basketball, the love of Xavier, the fact that, uh, you know, we're doing a radio show here in June about college basketball. It's always been really important, and you felt that as a player and a coach. And I think to have the opportunity to play here, coach here, um, I'm very, very grateful, and mo mostly at this point, I'm eager and excited to re to really get going. I feel like we have one foot on the ground, and as we get through the summer and into the fall, uh, it'll feel like we've been here for a while. Coach, geographically, Xavier's in the same place that they were 2009, right? The campus is in the same spot, but almost everything about Xavier has changed since you were here. A new athletic director, a new president. And maybe most importantly to you and your role, a new conference playing in the Big East as opposed to the A-10 when you left Xavier. So now that you've been here for two or three months now and, and you've started to settle into your role and you've gotten acclimated to the players that you're going to have on the roster next year, what are the, some of the things that excite you the most about how this university has evolved? And especially the Cintas Center, too, such a beautiful renovation, the new scoreboard, everything else that's changed about Xavier that's now set you up for success in one of the best conferences for, con for college basketball. What was your question again? <laughs> how, much, how much does all of that excite you? All those things that I just said, how much yeah. does all of that excite you now that yeah. you've been here? You, you know, you talked a lot about that in your press conference, mm -hmm. but, but how much does all of that really, you know? It, no, it, so I, I think returning back, there's a lot of the same, right? The same familiarity, um, like you'd mentioned, the location hasn't changed. One of the great competitive advantages that we enjoy here is, is the location of where we're at, Southwest Ohio. I mean, you think about the players, the, the high schools, the great high school coaches, travel team programs. We're surrounded by just an amazing area. If you drive five hours from Cincinnati, Ohio, I mean, it's almost hard to believe you can be in Chicago and Atlanta. There aren't yeah. many cities that can really say that. And then the city itself, I mean, we are blessed with an abundance of talent and, uh, and people that love sports, people that love college basketball. Um, I would say I'm not at all surprised. You know, it's hard for me to believe the age of the Cintas Center. Joe, I think you would probably agree. You know, it feels in some ways, if you walk into it today, that, God, it must be a couple years old. Yeah. It still feels brand new. And, and that's a great compliment to everybody at Xavier. But... 
what's the other competitive advantage that we have? And uh, in, in when I was at the Big East meetings, not one coach, but an assortment of coaches. And the ones that didn't bring it up, they just didn't feel like talking to me about it. <laughs> and that is, you know, how difficult it is for a visiting team to play in the Centos Center and what a great arena it is in the, in the student section, right? So you have those things that are the same, a couple things that have really changed and they've changed for the better. I almost can't believe it's the same campus. Yeah, yeah. You know, the new buildings, they're just it's – I don't know the squ- – Square footage is probably the wrong way to describe it, but it's it feels like almost double it once was. But it is it has become a beautiful private school campus, and we've had a number of visits. And you know, you get that feedback on the visit. You look around and say, this this would be a great place to call home. This would be a great place to go to school. But the last part, I'll give you a long-winded answer here, is sure. the Big East and. I think that now that that's a part of what we do, you know, there's the gift and the curse. It's incredibly competitive. Uh, There's a lot of the good teams, programs, and coaches. But it it allows you to really, I think, uh, shoot for the stars. And we've always had uh, high expectations here. But there's nothing that can't be accomplished uh, with our basketball program. And, And I'll point towards 2018. Sometimes when you don't go deep in the tournament, you forget the seed number you had in the tournament. But when you're a number one seed coming from the Big East Conference and you won the regular season Big East Conference, uh, you're you're one of an assortment, four, six, eight teams that would be favored to win the national championship. That that was in place here in 2018. And I think that you know now uh, we want to point towards a lot of hard work, some good fortune in, in getting things moving towards that direction, and that I definitely know it's possible. You talked about your ability to practice in the summer. Have you had your team together on the floor? I understand you have. Yes. So what, when you, what's your impression so far? You got to watch them in the NIT yeah. run, so you got to see <laughs> yeah. some of your players. Now you got the new yeah. fellows on campus. We'll talk about those guys also. Um, just your impression. Well, I, I really got to know them and, and really their families to a certain degree this spring. That was kind of step one. Uh, no doubt the experience in New York City, it was a great experience for our program, for our, for the players that are returning, and the players that were on last year's team. To actually win the NIT, to cut down the nets, win those five games with all the adversity that that group had gone through, including Paul you know, having his season-ending knee injury, was a really – it was a great accomplishment. And I think in some ways created a nice – almost wind of momentum heading through the spring and into the summer because we're fortunate that we have a lot of returning players. But my initial impression working with our guys, I think they're really hungry to win. I think they want to get back to March Madness and the NCAA tournament. You know, we have a lot to work with. Um, I think, you know, Travis Steele and his staff did an excellent job of, of recruiting and putting a lot of these guys here in the Cintas Center and, uh, and I think now that they're more seasoned, a year older, and, uh, and in some ways maybe a clean slate, a brand-new beginning, um, I really believe we have the makings of, of an exciting season ahead. You know, where it all ends, Joe, I wish I could give you that more. Um, I would probably have a better feel for that as we get into the fall and then maybe certainly into the early parts of the season. But if you just do, the, do it on paper, you have returning starters – you have a front court with great size. 
Zach Fremantle and Jack Nunji, two really all Big East performers, right? And you have you have guys that can come in off the bench. Cesar, I think, has a really bright future. Deontay is a big guy that, that has a nice soft touch. If you think about Cesar Edwards, Deontay Miles, Jack Nunji, Zach Fremantle, the size, the quality, and the experience, that's a really good front court to work with. You know, when you look at, uh, I think, Colby Jones, he showed what he can become in the NIT. And then, you know, move, move towards our backcourt. Uh, I think that's something that maybe we could talk about here as, as the show keeps going on. You're listening to the Sean Miller Show from Dilly Bistro in Marymount on 700 WLW. Welcome back to Dilly Bistro in Marymount and the Sean Miller Show. Sean, there's going to be some new additions. We were talking about the roster right before the break, but some new additions to this roster, guys that will be fresh in a Xavier uniform this coming year. Let's get right into those guys and what you've seen out of them so far. Well, there's three of them, and uh, I think we're really excited. Uh, You guys will love them. Uh, The fans, I think, will really come to appreciate uh, their talent. I think all three of them will contribute this year. Uh, they're all perimeter players. You know, I, that's why I started off talking about, you know, our front front court. They're veterans. They're older. I think everybody's familiar with who they are. But uh, our backcourt, I'll start with uh, the grad transfer, Sule Boom. And he, he graduated from UTEP. He's originally from Oakland, California. Um, there's no better way to really see how good a player is than to actually coach against him and compete against him. Uh, I'll never forget when I coached at Arizona, we played against Duquesne, and they had a little point guard that just drove everybody on my team crazy. His name was T.J. McConnell. So when he decided to transfer, no one had to really tell me about him because I saw him, felt him competing against him. And Sule, we played UTEP, so uh, I had the opportunity to coach against him he scouted him, very familiar with him. You know, I think Didi's much more of a combination guard, a combo guard than a pure point guard. But in some ways, the way the game's played today, that might be better. He can score. He had back-to-back years where he was just under 20 points, high teens, has a knack of getting to the free throw line. As a matter of fact, this past year, he would have been one of the leaders in, in, in college basketball in free throw attempts. And usually that translates. So I, I think with Sule, you get somebody who's older, but also who can score. He can shoot the three. He gets to the free throw line. He shoots a high percentage. And he's been through the battles. The other two guys are incoming freshmen. Um, the first guy is Dez Claude. And Dez is from Connecticut. Um, if you don't know his high school situation, he played at Putnam Science they have uh, one of the great powerhouses in, in high school basketball right now. They were 38-0 this year. He had a really good team. They play against really good competition in New England. And Des was named the MVP of their what they would be like their version of an NCAA tournament. But they were ranked uh, sometimes, if you can rank a high school program, number one, clearly one of the best high school programs, really good high school coach. And Des thrived there. And um, what jumps out at me, because we're working with these guys right now, is his size. He's 6'5". Uh, he has a six foot eight wingspan. And, you know, he could play the point guard. He could play with the point guard. There's a lot of different things that he can do. But really like his talent. Uh, a great young man and somebody that I 
fully expect to contribute in a big way this year. The other freshman is Cam Kraft, who is from Chicago. Uh, we were talking the other night about Cam. Loves loves the game. Really hard worker. Cam, like Dez, has great size. I would say Cam is about the same height, six five, uh, and can really shoot the three point shot. I mean, as good of a shooter coming from high school to college that I've been around, uh, just really pushes himself. Highly skilled, uh, and I, I love his demeanor. He's, he's kind of like the silent assassin. You know, doesn't say a whole lot, but loves the game, works hard at it, and I think he'll be a very dependable scorer and in time uh, a, a very, very good player. So all three of those players, why it's important is if you look at our roster, the departures on from last year's team were perimeter players. And if you think about, okay, they left, who's coming in? You have Sule Boom and, and uh, Dez and Cam. You know, Sule is not nearly as big, uh, as a matter of fact, if they walk in together, you might think Sule's the high school guy and the other two are the grad <laughs> transfers. But uh, Sule knows what he's doing, and he does have to have a really good off season here lifting weights. But Sule's probably about 6'1", about 172, I hope. <laughs> and uh, But I think he'll get more towards 180. Uh, but I, I think, you know, what he doesn't have physically, he's been around the block. He he knows what he what he's doing. So Sule – Dez and Cam, three newcomers, uh, all perimeter players that I think will impact uh, this year's team. So you mentioned the perimeter play of these guys and some of these faces that you're bringing in. And I think one thing that you could probably point to for the last few years of Xavier as a team has been a, a lack of three-point shooting. Mm -hmm. Do you feel like that's going to be an identity of this team? Do you feel like a, a Sean Miller coached Xavier team is going to be a much improved three-point shooting team, a threat, or how do you see that? You know, there's a lot of different answers to that question. Um, you know, I, I don't have the answers, number one, just because we haven't played games. I haven't been around them nearly as much. Uh, watching our team go through drills, I think we have quite a few players that are way more than capable. I'll, I'll, I'll start with Colby. And, you know, Colby at the end of the season in the NIT shot the three-point shot better than he had during the year. He could do so many good things. But I would look for him to be – take that final step and be a more consistent three-point shooter. You know, Adam Kunkel, again, a lot like Sule Boom. Sule and Adam are older. They've been through years. They've been through games. They have really valuable college experience, which is beneficial in today's – you hear it all the time. In college basketball, you try to get old. Well, those two guys kind of help us get there. But Adam, as you know, is more than capable, probably a little bit more streaky this year than – then we hope he'll be, but he's, uh, again, working very, very hard. And, again, if he is more consistent from the three-point line and Colby takes a step forward, you know, and just those two guys alone, you know, help solve that. I think the other part of three-point shooting is who's taking the three-point shot. I think you'll find that it's not always going to be equal opportunity with that. Uh, some guys aren't going to be allowed because it's, it's like this. You earn the right – to shoot the three-point shot by what you do every day. La libertad se vive. 
y el mejor modo de vivirla es detrás del volante de un SUV de Jeep. Encuentra la libertad durante los Jeep Freedom Days. Ahora puedes obtener financiamiento APR al 0% más 3,000 de bono total en efectivo en la Jeep Grand Cherokee WK Laredo 2022. No te pierdas esta oferta. Ven hoy mismo a los Jeep Freedom Days. Financiamiento para compradores bien calificados con Chrysler Capital. No califican todos. Restricciones por residencia. La oferta vence el 5 de julio del 22. Jeep es una marca registrada de FCA US LLC. I, it's not like you come out on the court and the three-point line means the same for everybody. Some guys have to stay inside the three-point line, you know, and, <laughs> and others have to take a wide-open, uncontested, nobody-around three-point shot. And then there's the third kind where we're trying to get them three-point shots. So those are the categories, I think, we defining roles which will come, and sometimes that helps your three-point percentage as well. Yeah. Coach, we have about 30 seconds before the break into – Sort of tag along with Paul's question. Have you seen many college players that have dramatically improved their three-point accuracy in a summer? What have they done to do that? What our players are doing right now, and, you know, B.J. Raymond is a great example. And, you know, everybody here I think knows B.J. And, uh, you know, if you think about where he would have started as a freshman, Joe, you were there. And where he ended, I mean, at the end of his time, he might have been the most dependable three-point shooter that I coached on my first run. Remember his two shots against West Virginia, one on the right sideline, one. one at the top of the key, and Byron said <laughs> yeah. shoot it, and he drilled a couple of them. It was a great moment. Is that why he shot it, because Byron that's yelled what, that That's out. what we think over there, yes. No question about it. This is the Sean Miller Show from Dilly Bistro on 700 WLW. Welcome back to the Dilly Bistro in Marymount, and this is the Sean Miller Coaches Show. And, Coach, you were describing, describing Cam Kraft. You mentioned two times that he loves the game, and that has got to be part of this answer here. What do you look for in a recruit that you want to have on your ball club? You've also made the comment rankings are important, but they're certainly not that important compared to what you're looking for in a recruit. Yeah, you know, the longer you do it, I think the, the more lessons you learn, some of the lessons you learn is you look at somebody who really had a terrific career and, what, what were the things that, that helped that young man become who he became? And why did we love coaching him? And wh why is it that when he was on our team or teams that just seemed like everything worked smoother or we won more? Uh, and then vice versa. You know, sometimes regardless of where, the, where he was ranked or what he was supposed to be, why was everything so much more difficult? What, what was it that didn't allow him to fit in or maybe achieve what he came to our program to become. And there's so many different ways to look at it. But so we, we, had, we came up with kind of a creative way to talk about it as our staff. And that is, you know, an OKG, an OKG. And, and uh, I actually got it from Rich Rodriguez years ago when he was a football coach. Uh, and he's just, it's a great way of saying our kind of guy. So, you know, it's, he may not be for everybody, but he's for us. Or, you know, they may look at him this way, but we see it differently. Or we don't really care where he's ranked. We believe in him. Don't get caught up in sometimes the things that steer you potentially in the wrong direction. And under that, okay, you define the traits. And one trait that I, I believe is key is do they really love basketball? I mean, they, they, are they just playing it? Uh, are they playing it for maybe what one day they hope comes or do they just love it? Like when, when it quits, the ball quits bouncing for them in college or when their day ends, 
Will they be in a pickup game somewhere? Like, do they love it? Do they watch basketball all the time? And, you know, when practice ends, do they come back at night? You know, do they do they really want to learn? And it's amazing what can be accomplished when you have a younger, talented player and he has that trait. It's really a part of him. And they, they seem to improve. They they fight through the tough times better, Joe. And And really, I think the other characteristic is – you like being around them as a teammate and as their coach, you know. And then from there, you know, I think you, you keep going further depending on maybe their position. But I think now the next one, you know, for us becomes basketball is such a game of skill that, uh, you know, do you – can you make a shot? Like if you're open, you know, it's like the question you asked early, hey, how do these guys improve? Well, if you pick the right one, a lot of times you never have to ask the <laughs> question. It, huh? They kind of come in like Brad Redford. You weren't asking, hey, what what does he need so to do <laughs> this summer <laughs> to make become a better shooter? We we just happen to see that, bring that to the table. But uh, you know, Cam Craft would be an example of somebody that really is highly skilled and loves the game. He he's almost two for two there. And I think the things that Cam doesn't do well, there's always things that they can improve on. He's going to be very determined to fix those things or improve them. Uh, you know, I think, you know, the other trait, I can keep going, but, you know, I think the third one is, you know, do they win where they're at? Usually if they come from a high school program that has won a state championship or just year in, year out, they, that's their goal. Well, every day they practice, every time that they walk into a gym or get on a bus or they play an away game here in in Ohio – they're going to get the, the other crowd's best shot. Well, all those things just inherently prepare them for what's to come with us, you know. And and if you've won in the travel team, if you won high school, usually it's it's in large part because of them. And, uh, you know, sometimes you can overlook it when you see somebody, wow, he's so talented. What has he won? Like, let's really look at, at, at what he's done winning. And but those are some of the things that I would put under the – what I call the OKG, and and I will say this, Joe, it's what uh, when I was here the last time, what we really did a great job of. You know, I, I go back many times, even when I was gone at Arizona, and you look at the team, I can make an argument that it's maybe my, for me, God, one of the two or three best teams of that I, that I've ever coached. I know that, and where'd they come from? Well, Drew Lavender was. Uh, Transferries from Columbus, Ohio. Stanley Burrell's from Indianapolis. C.J. Anderson's from Winton Woods High School. Transferred. Derek Brown, Chaminade, Julian. We redshirted Derek Brown. Josh Duncan, Moeller. Right. Dante Jackson, uh, Greenfield, Ohio. No one can find it except him. Your right? assistant coach. <laughs> <laughs> and then, then we brought in, you know, this guy Jason Love, who just happened to become the all-time winningest player in Xavier history. And you know who we beat to get Z Jason Love? LaSalle. He was he's one from, of my all-time favorite players, by the way. And he's one of mine as well. And why is that? Think about what we just talked yeah, about. I right. mean, he you, was, you yeah, could pretty put a check in a box <laughs> under, under every, everything and he, there. He didn't have instant success either. Right, exactly. And he, and he worked and worked fought, and worked and worked he, some more. No doubt. he fought. i never forget Byron, and I wish he was here because I really wanted to say it to him. He, he cornered me one time. He said, God, I – I watched that freshman from Philadelphia you brought in. Is his name Love? Uh, yep. Is he good enough? I, I, I mean, 
I mean, what I'll call him later. I'll call him later. I can tell him. Yeah. All time winning is player. <laughs> but but to the point of, uh, and that was many many years ago. But that that team right there, you know, obviously was right there at the cusp of a Final Four. But I think it would probably be a lot of people that are here tonight, one of their favorite Xavier teams. It's certainly one of my favorites. Uh, the way they played the game, it was just uh, – it was inspiring. It was fun. And uh, we we have to do that again. In the last year or so that you've been off, Sean, and the interviews that you've done, the podcasts you've been on, you talk a lot about how much you've learned about the game and tried to evolve yourself as a coach. So how have you seen the type of guy that you want to recruit? What are some of the things that you might do differently now and and evolving that over the last year that you've learned in this past year being off? Yeah, I mean, God, there's a long list. Um, um, I I would say one thing that we're already hard at right now early in the summer is just, you know, looking on offense and just understanding that, you know, the game has evolved. It's not the same college basketball game that it was even five years ago. You know, yeah. a lot of teams are playing smaller. And, uh, you know, you have to really have a command of, okay, if, if if you're not going to play small, how how can you be successful and exploit the fact that they're not as big as you and, and yet still be able to defend a team like that? And then, you know, there's the thought of uh, and what is going to be your style if you're playing smaller. So I think a lot of those decisions uh, – for me, uh, come on offense. And I think one of the things that you enjoy is we'll play at a faster tempo. And I think that when you play at a faster tempo, there's a lot of things that are good, especially if you have the right players on the court. And uh, and I also think that just looking at the Big East Conference, there's so many good coaches, so many different styles that I, I think that a very fast style that is disciplined could be a, a good addition to the Big East. In other words, we could be maybe different than, than some of some of the teams and harder to play against. So um, that's part of what we're working on right now. All right, you're listening to the Sean Miller Coaches Show from Dilly Bistro and Marymount on 700 WLW. Welcome back to Dilly Bistro and Marymount and the Sean Miller Show. Tim, go ahead and ask your question. Hey, Sean. First quick question is, when do the freshmen and the transfers report in? They're already here, yep. Cool. So we're, a lot, we're able to work with them as well. Again, a number of years ago, you weren't able to do that with right. the incomers, but now you can, so they're here. Good. Um, I feel like since Byron's not here, we should talk about guards like he would, but skip that. We're going to the big guys. Deontay Miles, what have you seen that you would like to change in him to help better him for himself and to fit into your uh, – your scheme? Well, I've been impressed with a lot of players that are on our team. Um, Deontay, I would put right in that mix. And, and the reason is he does exactly w- what you ask of him. I mean, he gives you, he gives you everything. And you just you don't understand the value of somebody that has the size of Deontay. I mean, he is has very long arms. Uh, he, he's obviously six foot eleven, if not seven feet tall. He's getting bigger and stronger. Uh, I think he has a chance maybe to be even a little bit more explosive with a great summer and fall. He's off to a really good start. You know, when it, with someone that big, they really don't have to be able to shoot the ball. Like you, you want him to be able to go to the free throw line and shoot it with confidence. And we're going to work hard with Deontay on that. 
But if he can score close to the basket and give us that size that sometimes can really uh, help you in certain situations, he could be in, in – and I'm anticipating him to be a very valuable player, you know, just not just as we look at this year but even beyond. But he's got a great attitude. He's a really humble kid. He's does a good job with his teammates, and I've been very impressed with his work ethic. No matter what workout we've had – with him, he's been there and he's given it. He's given it his best. Tim, yeah. thanks for the question, Coach. When you talk about uh, Deontay Miles, right away I start thinking about the strength coach. You have a new strength coach, mm-hmm. Andy uh, Kettler, Kettler, that mm-hmm. uh, everybody seems very excited about. I think Deontay Miles can really find gold in that that weight room. Who else on the ball club, along with Miles, can really uh, benefit from the weight room uh, that you see? Maybe the top three players. Yeah, I really believe, Joe, that the impact will be felt across our entire roster. First of all, the incomers, including Sule Boom, which I touched on, the strength and conditioning part of things the next six months, five months, are crucial to prepare them to be successful in the Big East Conference. And really just everybody, if you look across the board. You know, the strength and conditioning, it used to be that it made people bigger, uh, and people, you know, a lot of times would brag about I can bench press this much or squat this much or whatever. Strength and conditioning, like everything, it changes. It evolves. And now I would say that strength and conditioning, the philosophy is, is simple. How can I get this young person to be able to play the game as long as he possibly can? And if you think about that, you know, the exercises are safe. You're working your lower body just as just as much as your upper body. You're doing it in a basketball-specific way. You know, the days of going into a weight room and being in there for an hour and a half uh, have ended. You know, a lot of times what you do is you, you're able to go in there, and, and it's more like a basketball game where your heart rate's up and you go from one exercise to the next, and in 40 minutes you leave there and you watch a guy walk out of the weight room, he's drenched, soaking wet. You know, a long time ago, guys would be in a weight room two hours. I'm sure they got a good lift, but they didn't have any perspiration on They, You know, it was like it was a slow-paced thing. That's not the case right now. And you, you touched on it. Andy Kettler came from uh, both West Virginia, where he's with Bob Huggins for 10 years. He was with Chris Mack at Louisville for four years. Both of those guys just raved about him. And among the many things that I'm very excited about and, you know, thankful that, that Greg, Christopher, and just we, we really worked hard to uh, to be able to, to get him with us and convince him and his family to return back to Cincinnati, Andy Kettler. And uh, he's here, and he's going to be, I believe this, a real real positive impact on our, on our future. He went to St. Xavier High School. He did. He went to St. X High School and uh, – He's a Cincinnati native, and uh, I mean, he, he's excited to be here. <laughs> uh, you, you talk about Deontay Miles, but also down low throughout the post, you have guys like Zach Fremantle, Jack Nagy, now more experienced players. Do you see situations where you're going to play two bigs together, or, or how do you see those lineups initially shaking out in your head? A lot of that has to be determined, you know, over the next three, five months. But I, I, I would say this, that, you know, our staff's job, is to be able to play our best players uh, in the game. And, you know, you can't say, well, we can't play our best players if, if that's the case yeah. because we can't play us style. It's up to us to be able to say, 
whatever our best group is, that's what we're going to put on the floor and we're going to develop it. And I also think that uh, to your earlier question, you have to have the flexibility of being able to play a couple of ways. Not not wholesale that, you know, you play only zone and walk the ball up the court if this lineup's in and if this other lineup's in, you press and you play real fast. I'm not saying that as much as there's things that you can do to play smaller that are to that group's advantage and there's equal things you, you need to stay away from or do when maybe you're bigger. But I, I believe that that's one of the gifts of our team, that we have that depth and versatility. And you know what? We have to bring out the best in that depth and versatility and use it to our advantage. You're listening to the Sean Miller Coaches Show from Dilly Bistro and Marymount on 700 WLW. Well, it's great to be back at Dilly Bistro in Marymount, and this is the Sean Miller Show. Jeff, you have a quick question for the coach. Yeah, hey, Sean, welcome back to Xavier. It's appreciated. Thanks, you look Jeff. like a snack tonight, absolute <laughs> snack, a beauty. So my question is, I'm a, I'm a UD alum, right? So graduated from Dayton in 2008, boo ahead. It's okay. It's all right. Married a girl who went to Xavier. We're fans, had season tickets for eight or nine years. So my question to you is, do you have any interest in bringing back the rivalry between UD and Xavier? Yeah. <laughs> yeah I, I, I. You know, first of all, really respect you asking the question. Uh, I have a love-hate relationship with Dayton. The first time I was here, I absolutely hated him. Uh, my brother became the coach. I loved him. And now that I'm back, I'll let you think which side I'm going to be on. <laughs> but I, uh, you know what? I, I really want to say this uh, – of all the places that I have coached, and fortunately or unfortunately, at this point, I feel like I've seen just about them all. Um, I don't know if there is a more rabid crowd for the Dayton-Xavier game at UD Arena. I mean, when you walked out there, it was like a jet engine, you know, was taking off. Uh, right in front of you. I mean, in the passion in there for UD, the passion between Xavier and UD, uh, it, it, it was it was uh, unlike almost any game that I've experienced. So I, I only say that in the most complimentary fashion, and I know they love college basketball in, in Dayton like, like we love it here at, at Xavier. But, uh, man, I just don't know if I could – I don't know if I'd ever be able to convince Greg. I'll put it on him to to, <laughs> to rekindle. <laughs> Sorry, Greg. I, I don't I don't know how to give that answer anymore. But I would say it's a probable no. Uh, but yeah, I'm sorry. Hey, you know what though? Hey, you know what? We we may play you in the NCAA tournament. Let let's that would be a great deal. We're both in it. We, maybe we can meet in uh, NCAA tournament. And Anthony Grant is a great great guy and an excellent coach. Jeff, thanks for your question. We appreciate yeah. it. Coach, we talked the other day, and one of the things you brought up right away was the Cintas <laughs> Center and the great home court advantage that has been for the Musketeers, and you want to preserve that, even build it stronger. So, we, you know, as you put together different things in recruiting, uh, there's a statistic, and I think Tom Iser helped us, us come up with it, but since 2003, um, I believe that we have the eighth best home court winning percentage in college basketball. And uh, that's really impressive uh, because that, that encompasses uh, almost almost 20 seasons 
uh, if I'm correct. And, uh, and that says it all about our fan base. It says it all about the coaches that have been here and the teams and the players. There's so much pride and tradition in, in our home court. And uh, it used to be the Cincinnati Gardens. It felt the same way there. And obviously the Cintas Center, it takes on a, a brand new meaning. Sean, it's been fun doing a coach's show with you again here for 13 years. The same. Paul Frischner, thanks for stepping in and uh, filling for Byron Larkin, who's jo- enjoying his vacation right now. <laughs> Always a great job. And thank you all here at Daily Beastville Packhouse for joining us for the Sean Miller Show on 700 WLW. The future will be amazing, and that's all well and good. But what about today? You can feel the rush of a 400-horsepower Nissan Z. Or climb to new heights in the all-terrain Nissan Frontier. Light up the road in the all-electric Nissan Aria that feels like a sci-fi dream come true. The future will be great, but today is made for thrill. All you have to do is get in a Nissan and drive. 2023 Aria and Z not yet available for purchase. Expected availability is this spring for 2023 Z and this fall for 2023 Aria.